sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He's always been faithful to us and speaks to us. <clears throat> so, um, I guess for the, kind of the, uh, the verse or verses that got me on this topic I'm going to speak about, I'll read, him, read them here. It's in 2 Timothy Second Timothy chapter 2. Eleven and twelve. And I don't know if you're like me, and sometimes you read scriptures and you've read them for years and you kind of scratch your head about them. This is one, uh, I guess I've kind of done that. I think I know what it's saying. But it's always been there. So, Second uh, Timothy two eleven and 12. It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And uh, that's the two verses there. Kind of get the little context, but the, the one line in there, it says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And I don't know what, what your thoughts are when you read that, but I've wondered, what exactly does that mean? We shall reign with him if we suffer with him. Um, so um, that's what I'm going to be digging into, that topic. And uh, I've always... Uh, kind of maybe uh, this topic treated a little timidly because it can get morbid. <laughs> I've often thought it's presented morbidly. Um, but so my little bit where I'm going is the title, if I were to give a title, is Suffering the Door to Greater Reward. So... Um, I have some thoughts here, but different scriptures that speak about suffering, and uh, also a lot of them, maybe most of them, point towards a greater reward through the suffering. So um, that's where we'll be going. So why don't we stop, and uh, we'll pause for prayer here, and then we'll go on. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We come with expectation, because your word is alive. And it is the manuscript that you've handed down to us, Lord. These words are true. They are alive. And they've endured for thousands of years. Lord, so we want to look into them, be instructed, be challenged, be changed. Lord, that we can be better in our life. So, Lord, guide me. I pray that I could present this properly. And give us ears to hear. And I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts. I pray in Jesus' name. Man. <clears throat> so I don't think this topic is a new topic to us, but as I um, 
as I went through it, I think one thing I realized is I think we tend to forget um, that there is a measure of suffering that we are called to in our Christian life, and we can easily settle into a comfortable way of life and remove suffering entirely from us. And I think, especially, and, and not that I've lived in all societies of the world, I haven't, this has been the only place I've lived, uh, but I think as Americans, we maybe are more in danger of this than some others. Um, that suffering is not even something in our religious collab, uh, vocabulary, you could say. It's not something we think of. It's not part of the calibrations or uh, algorithms or whatever you want to call it. It's not something we insert in there. We might subconsciously, but... Um, so anyway, we'll be digging into that. Uh, if you're like me, uh, we want to reign with Christ, but we pull back at the thought of suffering. I mean, it sounds great to, to reign with Christ. It sounds the height of expectation, but um, when we think of suffering, we're like, we, we naturally pull back. <clears throat> so I think little, and we'll get into this, but little good comes to us without there being first suffering. And this plays out a lot of parts of our life. Um, our business would not exist. You wouldn't have a job if you didn't suffer. That's part of getting a job. I mean, um, a lot of you do construction. There's a lot of you, you work, you ache, you sweat. That's suffering. But you do it because you have a reward. You will get a reward at the end of your suffering. We understand that in our, in our work life. And uh, so that's why we bear it. We see the reward. Um, our children would never be born if we didn't have suffering. Suffering is in childbirth. If you want children, there will be some suffering to get there. I think we understand that. We want houses to live in, but there's a measure of suffering to build them. There's, there's, I know there's several builders here. There's, there's sweat. There's, it's hard work. Uh, I spend years in construction. I, I know what it's like. Um, you wouldn't have a house if there wasn't a measure of suffering. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, not to get morbid about it, but suffering plays in a lot of parts of our life. You could say sacrifice. I'm going to use the word suffering throughout my message here. So we understand that in secular things, like I just mentioned, there's a need of suffering for there to be a reward. But do we seem to forget in our faith that there's also required a suffering if we want a reward? <clears throat> so we should notice, and we'll, we'll get through some of that, that throughout scriptures, when it's a call to suffering, typically it's followed immediately with a promise with rewards. And some of that we will, just like the one we read in Timothy, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. So it's, it's a huge reward, but an immediate cost. So we know the suffering Jesus went through um, and is now seated at the right hand of God. Sometimes I think we tend to associate that or disassociate that if we're to be his follower, we don't have to suffer like he did. 
Um, and none of us have been called to that measure, not to say we won't ever. Um, so I want to read in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I'll read more here, but I just want that verse to stick in our mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Then it follows, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, here it is again, after suffering, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there it is. Um, Jesus went through the suffering, and because of that, he was highly exalted. And as it started out with, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He had the mind, he knew from the beginning that he would suffer, but he also knew there would be a reward. So let's read some of um, Jesus' words himself to us, to his disciples about suffering. I'm going to go in Matthew 10. Thirty-four through thirty-nine. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter in law against her mother in law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. So there he lays out a cross in following him. That we are to love him above all. Above all others. But he says that if we, in that way, lose our life, that we, in the end, will find it. Again, Matthew 16. From that time forth began Jesus to shew unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men." Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? 
Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So there again, um, if we are to follow him, he says we are to lose our life. And again, leaves the promise that if we lose our life for his sake, we will find it. And to just put it into perspective, Jesus said for his sake. Um, This is not... To be ascetic, just suffering gets you there. It's not. It's for the cause of Christ, just to keep it in perspective. And Luke 9, I think these are all separate instances. Um, I tried to make sure I didn't pick out overlapping things here in different books. Luke 9... 22 and 26. Okay, I'll just break in here. Jesus saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? So I think that that might have been a little overlapping with what I read before. So anyway, he lays out that if we are to follow him, there there is to be a cross and there is suffering in that. So we need to prepare our mind and accept the fact that suffering is a part of the Christian's life on this earth. Um, I think we have um, the greatest natural aversion that we have, and we we all came equipped with that, and it's not our fault that we have it, is the aversion of suffering. We just, it's a natural thing that we all come with. We, um, you, you put your, your hand in the frying pan, you jerk it back. It's suffering. You don't want to do that. And it's good. It, it helps us protect ourselves. Um, but at times it goes against uh, what we need to go through. <clears throat> I think it's interesting, um, you know, at times... People will say that, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to point anyone out or pick anything out, out, but different things where we we say we want to do this, but we don't do it. And I was just thinking, why is that? You know, people say, well, I need to lose weight, but yet do nothing about it. Well, why is that? It's because of suffering. We have a fear of suffering. Um, yeah, we're all that way. Um, we say we would, we would, we admire people that are, you know, have finances. You know, they've got it. I wish I was like them. Well, it came with a part of suffering, but there's a, oftentimes there's a suffering um, that people went through to get where they are that we don't want to suffer like that. So we pull back. Um, you know, we, we say we want to grow spiritually. We want to learn to know God and walk with him. And yet, why is it that we don't get there faster? It's because we're afraid of suffering. 
I, I mean, I speak for myself, and I assume you're all made of the same mold. Um, we, we, suffering, the fear of suffering holds us back a lot of places in our life. There's a lot of places in our life, at least I speak for myself, that um, I feel I could be further in life, but it's like the fear of suffering holds me back. And it's my desire to get over that. I mean, studying through this is like, this is so much me. Um, a fear of suffering holds us back. <clears throat> so we all know, um, if, if I say Elon Musk, we all know who we're talking about, the, the wealthiest man in current history. And uh, I once watched an interview, and they asked him, so if there's people that say they would like to be like you, they would like to have your life, what would you say to them? And he said, to be honest, I don't think people want my life. I don't think I even want it. Um, but so people look at his life and say, wow, he's wealthy. But he says, well, he didn't say this, but I'm, I'm filling in the blanks. I believe he's saying is there's a lot of suffering to get where I'm at and to be where I'm at. Um, I don't think you want it. I don't know I even want it. That's basically what he said. Um, so... You know, there's whatever goal you want to achieve in life, you have to be willing to take the suffering that's going to come with it. There are few, if any, rewards that come to us without there being a mixture of suffering going with it. And I think, uh, I think the sooner we get over the fear of suffering, the better off we'll be. So I'm going to read here in 1 Corinthians 9, 25, 27. Okay, so this is relating a little bit back to what I mentioned about Elon Musk. Um, Not directly, but... Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And here Paul was saying that I, you know, I bring my body under and keep it in subjection. <clears throat> so we need to focus on the reward to overcome the fear of suffering. I'm going to read in Matthew nineteen twenty nine, just one verse here. <clears throat> Okay, so this is breaking right in. Jesus was teaching here, and I'm just going to take one verse out of it. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. So there again, 
um, there is a cost, there is a suffering. And I think um, many of you here have made um, that sacrifice in your life, or at least some of us. And uh, there, is, there is a reward for the sacrifice. <clears throat> Going to Hebrews... Hebrews 12, 2 through 11. So this is speaking about Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto us unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons, for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness." Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So it starts out saying that Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. And I think that's what we need to keep in our perspective. The, The suffering that may come, we need to keep the joy that is before us, even if it is, as we read here, chastening, that it will give a a peaceful fruit. So I think uh, if you go through the scripture um, and you think of who who was someone that seemed to have overcome quite well uh, the fear of suffering, and I don't know who you would think of, and there's, there's probably many, but um, I find it interesting on the topic to read some of Paul's writings and to see what he said about it. <clears throat> this man seemed quite invincible because um, he didn't seem to have a fear of suffering. <clears throat> Acts 20, 22 and 25 So Paul was speaking to the believers, and he says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, 
Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of his grace, of the grace of God. I just find it, he's just, he's just amazing. He said, all these things I know is going to come to me. I've been told this is going to happen to me, but this doesn't move me. I, you know, I don't count my life dear unto me. Um, it doesn't move me. It's like, I, I don't know. How do you do that? Um, but I think we need to, and I speak for myself, we need to get over the fear of suffering if we're going to be uh, useful. And maybe, I know it's easier said than done, um, but I think it's very essential. We don't want to live our life um, just getting by. Okay, so this is about Paul again in 2 Corinthians 11, 23, and 28. So he goes through, um, I think you, you know the scripture here, he's saying of the sufferings that he had for Christ. Uh, he was beaten, he was stoned, um, pearls of the water, perils of the water, robbers, Fasting often, weariness, pain. Anyway, um, so he he just lays out. I think he was even in his own words, he was doing a little boasting of his uh, suffering that he did here. But um, I just wanted to make a point that just to make a point of how he he seemed to have overcome the fear of suffering. <clears throat> So I've, um, this is maybe a little different topic, but I've been reading a book um, by a business success, success teacher, uh, Robert Kaisaki, and he says that we tend to keep ourselves busy doing many things so that we, we can avoid doing that thing we know we should do and that matters the most. And uh, I thought that's very interesting. Uh, it's very true. We keep ourselves busy doing a lot of things in life when deep inside we know there's something more important we should be doing. Um, you know, I was just thinking, I'm sure some of you could identify, um, you know, you, you know you should go in the office and look over the numbers and, and see the financial reports or whatever, but the, the lawn needs to be mowed and then the truck needs to be washed and all those things that you can occupy yourself in without doing what really needs to be done. And um, I don't know if you call that suffering, but it's, it's a discipline. And it applies in a lot of part of our life. Do we keep ourselves busy doing peripheral things, little things, and avoid doing what really matters? I think I'm quite guilty of that. That's why it stood out to me. <clears throat> So what is it that we associate with suffering in our lives that we try to avoid? That thing may be the potential to yield the largest reward and payback if we can get over the fear of suffering. 
So I guess the desire for my life is just to be able to, knowing this is what I need to do, and overcome the fear of what it's going to cost me to get there, and do it. There will be a reward on the other side if we press through and do what we need to do instead of washing the truck again. I just use that as an example. So this here, uh, this Robert, this book I've been reading, he also says that um, many people, and this is in the financial world, they take the safe route and are not willing to take the risk that is needed. Um, This would be in, in business investing, but... Um, I think we do it in our spiritual life. We take this safe route. This is safe. This is in a safe, um, but we're not willing to go beyond into the realm of risk to obtain a greater reward, to to suffer beyond the safe, what we say is safe and comfortable. So in closing here, is God calling you to something that you're holding back on because of the fear of suffering that you think will go with it? If we are to obtain any reward, we should expect and accept that there will be suffering before we obtain it. So that's all I got. Um, I hope it was a challenge to you. Uh, it was to me. I just I want to go on in my life and... When those obstacles come up, not shrink back because there's suffering tied to it, but uh, to know that there's a reward on the other side and to take the suffering temporarily, knowing that it will bring a reward. So I hope that's encouragement to you. God bless you.